Brian Ed Wells. Something really special like that, but 
though we had good times and fun times like that, um, you know, the party and the, what we didn't think about was the lifestyle. I didn't ever dream about a lifestyle of free cocaine and, and living the same, like, destructive pattern every day and every day. And at first you think that you just call it a party. Woo, yeah, dream come true. Look at all these girls and free weed, free coke and pills, anything we want, you know. And uh, it's a joke at first. And then you get older and, you know, you... Uh, Sin has, has some pleasure in the beginning. It says in the Bible. And, uh, but later on, it will pull you down. And so every single one of us, my, our lives were destructive. Um, we all got married in around 97, 98. We were all divorced around 2000, 2001. Five broken families. Um, my wife, actually, it was the craziest thing because, my, you know, everybody else got divorced, like, you know, it was kind of chill and, you know, just got divorced. My wife, she, I was on tour with Metallica, the biggest band in, in heavy metal, and it was just surreal. I mean, I'm like riding on their private jet, you know, and just like crazy, like, just memories. And, uh, but meanwhile, I get a call from this dude that, that owns a pawn shop near where I live, and he's saying, dude, I see things in your house that are people are trying to pawn them in my shop. And so I call my wife and I say, who's at our house? We have a two, three-year-old daughter. And uh, and what happened was she, she ran away from home when she was 14. And this group of punk rock guys took care of her and like was like older brothers. So when I was on tour, she's like, hey, she ran into some of them. It's like, hey, I married this guy and he's never home. Come hang out with me. So they come and hang out in my house. Some and a few of them were skinheads, like white, white skinheads. And these guys were yanking things out of my house. And so I call my wife and I'm like, "What is going on?" And she just denies, denies. And then next thing you know, there is a, a plane flight. We have three days off. I fly home and I'm saying, "We're going to talk." I go home and she's gone. And she took off with these guys and left my baby there with a 17-year-old girl who I didn't know. And I'm just like, "Okay, you can go now." And I took my daughter on the road with Metallica, you know, and I, I had, we had, when we were touring with Ice Cube, we had, um, we became friends with one of the uh, bodyguards. He was, he was from the Crips, but, you know, he was trying to do it, you know, he got into some real business and he's out on the road and we became friends with him. And he, he, he came over with us and started touring with us and he's still with us today. And so, man, this, I found out one of the skin, one of the skinheads um, became my wife's boyfriend. And he was just like feeding her drugs and like and just putting things in her mind. And she was just, I mean, she he, she was his puppet. And later later down the line, like a couple weeks later, like she she said she admitted to everything and she said, I got I'm getting a I'm divorcing you. I'm taking half your money. And she's giving everything to this guy. She goes and gets uh, you know surgery on her on her chest for him. All kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I want to commit murder. You know, and I talked to my boy and I was like, what, can I hire some of your guys in LA? <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know, you're serious. Dude, this guy came in and took my wife and my daughter was there and brought meth in my house. And, and my, my friend said, yeah, we could do that. You know, a price tag can do anything. And he said, he looked at me and he said, you cross that line, you're never going back. He said, you have a target on your back the rest of your life. And so he was, I'm, I'm thankful for for his friendship, you know, that I didn't go the wrong way. So. Um, just to finish it up real quick, I uh, 
I got full custody because she didn't show up to court. She loved it, her daughter, but she was just too strung out on drugs, you know? And uh, I got full custody and tried to get it together. I got sober for a few years and and um, and uh, I, then I fell back into drugs and, and coke and one drug I swore I wouldn't do was crystal meth ever again. And uh, I was going to this, this uh, psychiatrist in Los Angeles and I thought he was gonna be like my hope to happiness, you know? and. And I found out that he was, he, he couldn't help Kurt Cobain. He was one of Kurt Cobain's psychiatrists from Nirvana. And uh, it was just, it broke my heart and uh, that, that he couldn't help me, you know? And then I found out his partner on the other side of the office committed suicide too. And so these guys didn't have the answer. I fell back into drugs and I started crystal meth. I had a two year addiction. And uh, yeah, I was just always in the gutter, bro. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, I, I mean, to have everything you ever wanted, millions in the bank, and not being able to buy your way out of it, out of misery, is a scary place. Wow. So, you mentioned, you know, the divorce, the drug abuse. Um, what was your all-time low moment that set you up to come to Christ? What was it? I mean, it was the two-year meth addiction that led into... I mean, my parents are still together to this day. 53 years together. They brought me up better than this, right? So I'm hearing my mom's voice. You're better than this. You know, you're not a, you're not a piece of trash. And I'm like, and I got a, a couple meth dealers, and they're giving me all their different batches of meth. And, uh, and I got like multi, like eight balls in my safe at home. And I hit the road. I had a, uh, I had a tour with Lincoln Park, tour with Ozzy. I had a tour overseas. Asia, all over the world tour, and and I was gonna quit. My plan was to quit meth before the tour. I couldn't. I went to a panic attack, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be one of these guys that like does a, a little bit, just to, you know, to help them, you know, like coffee, do a, a couple bumps here and there. Yeah. And yeah, I can keep that. You can keep meth under control. That's a <laughs> that's a lie, straight from the pit. But uh, but you know that you know what happened was uh. I, uh, I had my dealers, I ran out of meth like in Germany, and I, I had my dealers send me some, some eight balls, man, through the FedEx, and I was like, that's the lowest point, and, and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? He, had a, he was a tweaker, so he had some candle business, he thought he was going to make millions off these tweaker candles, and um, he, he, what he did was put the, put the eight balls in the candle and send it to me, and I'm just like, man, I'm going to jail. These guys are going to find this, and so I would just... By that, the internet was picking up, and I could track my meth online, and I was just, I was so scared. I, but it, it is funny, and I was out of my mind, but at the same time, I was, I was so, like, in agony of soul. I was just like, who am I, you know? And so the meth got there, and I fin finished out the tour, and actually, my lowest point was that year. And I, and I was like, I just want to die, and I wanted, I wanted my daughter to, to be without me because I was no good. And I didn't, have, I didn't know what to teach her because my dreams came true and I had everything I ever wanted. And what, hey, sweetie, go for your dreams. You know, you, you'll be the happiest person ever. I couldn't tell her that, that's a lie. I was miserable. And so I wanted, to, I wanted, I was mixing Xanax and speed every day. I was hoping my heart would just blow up. And I could, because I heard stories, you know, about people mixing drugs and they would just die. And I was hoping that I didn't want to exist anymore. I just wanted to rest. And little did I know, a man called Jesus was coming to give me rest. Yeah. Real, true rest.
Jesus. Walk me through that process when you first, did you walk into a church? Were you in a service? How did that happen where you first re realized that he was real? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's the best feeling, man, when you know it's real. Because it was a battle at first. I'm like, man, this pastor has a lot of people like brainwashed. You know what I mean? I'll, but these people, they asked me to come to church. There was this guy. And see, I thought Christians were like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons, you know? <laughs> just all like, pointing them. You just wanna, yeah, you just want to choke them. What are you happy about? This ain't real life, you know? Just do everything right, you know? And so I thought that was it. But what happened was this guy uh, helped me like, when, with real estate deals, I was a I was a tweaker, but I was a businessman too. I was like, you know, on the outside I looked all all good, but he built monster trucks and these hot rod cars. And he would win the car shows, and he had like a good business going on. And he was helping me with cars and real estate. And so he just asked me, "Man, you want to go to church with me?" And I'm like, I, I made fun at first. I was like, "Man." Church is for people who are scared, you know? And so I'm just like mocking it and everything. And then next thing you know, his broker friend hits me an email. And when I was talking about rest of the soul, he was like, Brian, he's emailing me. Brian, I don't mean to be weird or anything, but I felt I was, I was praying this morning and I opened my Bible and I thought this would mean something to you. Please don't take this wrong. Jesus said, Matthew, 1128, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I will give you, and I will give you rest. Yeah. And I'm telling you, he said, he said, I've never done this before, and I'm uncomfortable with this, but I really felt to give this to you. And I hit it back, man. It was four, he sent it probably 5 a.m. I was up from the night before tweaking, and I got the email, and I just, when, he, when I read that, I was like, it was like, water coming to my dry soul and, and I was like rest that word rest stuck out because I just in my mind I was I, I wanted to die I, I wanted rest so bad that I wanted to die and so I just I hit it back and I was like Eric I'm a lost soul I don't know what is going on in life and I, I need something to change but then and instantly, religion, religion mindset, that's where things got to break. Instantly, I was like, I haven't gone to church. Like, God wouldn't like me if you, you know. And I told him that, and he's like, it doesn't have nothing to do with that. It's about the relationship, and he will, he'll meet you right where you are. And so, and then the war started, because after I sent that, he started hitting me up, you know, let's get together and talk. And I'm like, oh. No, the Christian. Uh, you know, there's a Jesus stuff like every. But so the tug of war. So that's what it's like. If, if some of you guys come in here and you don't know this yet, on the outside, it looks, it can look weird or whatever. But when you come in, it's the words of life and your soul grows wings. And you become alive for the first time. I'm telling you. Freedom. Right? Freedom. True freedom. Kind of like that scripture in Hebrews says, lay down every way. Lay down. Yeah, that's good. Man, so your experience, you got saved, and it got really easy after that, right? Oh, yeah. It's been a, man, it's like, it's like everything's hard, and then everything's just perfect. That's right. Yeah. Like switch, right? Yep. So, I'm lying. Totally lying. <laughs> so describe, like, so when you got saved and you felt that change, then you had stuff to walk through. 
what were some things that you just really had to walk through to heal from? Because, I mean, you said several years you were going through drug addiction. You had issues um, even to, with pornography. I read that in your book. So what, were the, what was it like you walking through those steps? How did Jesus get you through those steps? Man, the addiction was a one-step process. I just walked into Jesus, and it was broken. I never did. I stopped drinking. I stopped doing drugs. I stopped oh. And I'm just saying that was for me. For some others, it's a process. I'm just telling you my story. And it was actually, if you read my book, I was struggling like for years before that. So it wasn't, to me, it wasn't a one-step process because I had tried. But with Jesus, he just got rid of it. But um, so he, he, he showered me with his love and uh, he showed me he's real. And I was just like, see, I use church as like the filling station. Some people act like God lives in church and you come to visit him. So, and the thing was, I, I, I had revelation right away that he's omnipresent and he's everywhere. Yeah. And I went home, I got filled at church and I went home and I'm like, okay, church, there's no church on Monday. What am I going to do? Okay. That church that you worship three songs and then listen to a message. So I would put my computer on and worship three songs, listen to a message Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at home. And I'm like, God, if you're real. Then you come here and meet me here. I want a relationship with you. Amen. This is real, man. This is no joke. I tried everything there is in the world. I had millions of dollars of MTV awards, Grammy awards. None of it satisfies. The life to me made no sense. So I'm like, I want the meaning of life. Jesus, you're the meaning of life. Come show me. Show up to me. And so I went through this process. It was awesome for a year. I was like floating on the clouds, man. I'm like, oh, give me Jesus. <laughs> and then he started, you know, I go all the scriptures of love and peace and all this stuff. And then I start, after about a year, he started showing me scriptures like, you know, the Father disciplines those he loves. And he will shake everything that will be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And, uh, and so circumstances came, right? Depression came back. Um, uh, betrayals. I got mocked all over the music world, and uh, all these crazy things started happening. I started losing my. I, I was like, Lord, I just want more faith. Well, give me the faith like Paul. Da da da. Then my money just magically grew wings and flew away. <laughs> I went bankrupt about three years after I got saved. Bankrupt. I had millions. These Christians came in, and I was really. I was like. I was like kind of prideful, righteous, like, I got so much, I got all this money, I'm going to give here and here, and it was, you know, but it was kind of flashy, but still giving, you know, and next thing you know, these people took advantage of me, and my money's gone, I'm in bankruptcy court, getting accused of fraud, and on the stand, and so, a lot of trials, you know what those trials do? Over and over, you know, the Lord allows it by His grace because He wants to shake everything so that what cannot be shaken remains, and that's Christ's character in you. You know, your soul, your emotions get turned into his and your mind. He gives us the mind of Christ and, and throw it's like that through that fire that burns out the impurities, just like gold. You know what I'm saying? And so you lose your house, you get cut and you, you lose, you get betrayed, you get cut. I had two cars uh, repoed with tow trucks taken away. One of them had 22 inch rims. I'm like, ah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, us guys in our cars, you know. And I got cut, ugh, and I bled all this, like, ugh, I bled all the, the anger and the rage, I bled the depression, I bled it, and then after a few, a couple years, a few years, of just him taking me through the process, I started, 
like getting cut by things, and I would just bleed Christ. I would bleed Christ. I would bleed peace. I would I would bleed contentment. I would bleed just you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's like he transforms you into your character, so you're so strong in the inner man. And just remember the method I was before. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to die. I wanted to not exist. He transformed me into seeing things like go wrong in my life, and I'm at peace, and I'm still I have that rest. And he says, what is he says? Like the one thing to strive after. He says. Make sure and strive after that peace. Well, what are the exact words, Pastor? Well, I think I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> Make every effort to... You don't remember that scripture? <laughs> Sorry. Let me they, said, they said forget that, uh, that raise. <laughs> Pastor, I am. Make every effort to enter that rest. That's it. That's it. And so, uh, you know, that's a that's an effort that we have to go to. And so, I'm so thankful, man, because I was a mess. And so, you know, words. I try to express how lost I was, and uh, I can't. I can't. Use, I can't tell you with human words how lost I was because I had everything and I couldn't find the answer. You know. And so, man, you walk through all that, and then you have a daughter. Zenea. Um, yes. And so you had you walked through some things with her as well. Because um, in your book, you talked about, you know, you just talked about depression and she struggled with some things. So how is she doing? Um, she's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, she was six years old when, when I looked at her. And uh, it was crazy because I had this, um, we, we sold so many records, like 40 million records. And so when we got off our label, we had a contract and the 10 years was up. It was like go to any other label and basically like they hand us a check and we could fill it out. So this one EMI label was given corn $23 million to sign as a, as a signing thing, but we had to go tour to make that up, you know, but to work for that advance. But um, so I was like, the Lord just showed me clearly like it's time to be a full-time dad. And so I looked at my daughter, she was six years old, and I was just like, I'm going to be home with you. Daddy's going to be home with you full-time. And she looked at me like with the biggest smile, yet confused face, because I was gone her whole life, like off and on. And so she didn't think that was allowed. She was like, is that allowed? Really? And so and she just, man. And so I got to uh, raise her. So, um, man, I quit porn. Yeah. Fathers need to step up, man, right? And, uh, and so I became Mr. Mom and Mr. Dad, you know, and I'd take her to school. I remember I had this, before I went broke, I had this big old Hummer. And I went to school, and I'm trying to be like just normal guy. I pull up to the school, and all these kids run to it. Well, this is a cool car. Are you a rock star? I went home, and I sold it. And, and, uh, and then I got complained that the... the, the the moms were complaining. This one mom went to the principal's office a few weeks later after we we started school, and she's like, "There's a scary man. He looks like. Why is he hanging out in the parking lot?" And, uh, and she's like, "What does he look like?" Oh, that's Brian. He loves Jesus. He, he's fine. And so, yeah, it was, it was it was strange, you know, you know, getting adjusted to the real world. But uh, it was beautiful for years, and then. At 13, she started going through some stuff, and she saw how Christians would attack me for my tattoos, and, and she saw uh, the good and the bad and the ugly. Like, because there's a lot of good, too, but she saw, 
you know, as a teenager, you, you kind of focus on the negative maybe sometimes. And so she was just like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want to be a Christian. And, and then she started falling off and she had her mom issues, was out of her life, you know. And I had a lot of anger and rage issues, even with Jesus that I've worked on, that, you know, holes punched in walls, just going through a lot of things, you know. And uh, and she heard she heard all that. She heard me screaming at God, saying, well, you know, why don't you fix me, you know? And just cussing at him, all kinds of stuff. But he was patient. And but you know, she started harming herself at 13, 14, and she. Uh, it got so bad during Christmas in 2013 that she she cut from shoulder to wrist both arms, and uh, and uh, I freaked me out. I it broke my heart, and I had to find a place for her. And God, oh, His root so good, man. Yes. He knew what she needed, and we found I was touring with my solo band, my Christian project, and uh, these these uh, people came and, and brought their kids, and they were encouraged by my story. So. <laughs> Usually I pray for people. These kids prayed for me, and uh, I remembered them. And I called them, and I said, my, "I'm losing my daughter to uh, you know all this stuff." And, and they said, "You know, I, I was getting advice." And then a year later, it got worse and worse. And then by that time, they started an all-girls program, and uh, it's in Lafayette, Indiana, actually. And um, and I had the hardest day of my life, man. I dropped her off there, and I couldn't tell her that I was taking her to drop her off because she would have ran away. She threatened me, like, if you ever tried to take me to one of those places. And so we looked at the place, and she's just, like, behind the girls, the lady's back. She's like, get out of here. <laughs> and we sat down, and she said, you have something to tell Janae? And I was like, Janae, we're not just visiting. I have to leave you here. And um, she just started she got up and she was gonna like she looked up for the exits you know to and this lady had a big husband he was up there you know at the entrance so thank god but uh <laughs> she just broke down she was like okay um i'm i'm caught and i'm and i'm done and she just broke down in the chair and i lost it bro i was like i i, I had to break my daughter's will in her heart and i just cried i, I drove to the airport like Chicago airport three hours from Lafayette or whatever and I just bawled the whole way. I didn't say a word. It was like the darkest gray clouds. It was it was the heaviest day, man. And and I just prayed, Lord, I just wanted her to accept the program. Just because there was like a month or so that it just we couldn't communicate because they have to adjust them. And um, I went to pick her up the first day and she got in the car. She goes, Dad, I think I'm supposed to be here. And I was just like, thank you, God. I didn't want her to beg me, beg Daddy. Daddy, take me home. Daddy, take me home. And so she's, she's now she works for Awakening Youth in Lafayette. And she's going to college. And yes. Absolutely. So God's doing some awesome stuff. So walk me through why and how you got back with corn. Because you were gone from the man, what, 10 years? So walk us through that. Yeah, my big story was to, uh, you know, the Lord, I, I saw the $23 million check, you know, that corn got, and I walked away from it to follow Jesus, you know? And so that became like, you know, it's word spread. I got mocked from the world, but I got like, the Christians loved it, you know, especially the youth groups around the country. They're like, you know, I was a, you know, I was, I was an example. And so that was my identity. And you know, the Lord's always moving. You gotta follow the cloud, the cloud's moving. And so you gotta, you gotta follow the spirit and don't ever get locked in a box. You, know, you put God in a box, man. 
either either you get stuck or he's gonna like you know come in and destroy your your religious mindsets and your and the box <laughs> and so he came and uh, after a few years of just doing the christian thing and going to churches and everything and and uh actually my daughter she was 14 she started listening to some rock and roll and and uh she was like take me to concerts and i'm like i've got clout like i used to <laughs> and uh and I was like, all right, let me see what I can do. I was touring with this band P.O.D. Yeah. and uh, my solo project, we were opening for them. They had a concert with Korn that I couldn't play because just I wasn't thinking that my solo band was more of a spiritual, you know. So the, and so P.O.D. is like, come with us. And so we went to the show with them and my daughter, we watched all these bands and uh, we were watching this one band on stage during the day. It was called, they're called Five Finger Death Punch. And, uh, <laughs> And so I'm watching them, and I start getting, I feel emotional. I didn't cry, but I was like, man. And I felt like, in my heart, like the Lord saying, see all these people, these are my people, and I want them. And, and I didn't know what it was, but I was like, that, I was tripping, you know? Because, tell me that during five-figure death punch. <laughs> That's funny, Lord. You're definitely not religious, Lord. <laughs> wow. And so... Uh, yeah, that whole day I just felt all this, and then I, I reconciled with the corn guys. You know, just I was like, I can't wait to watch you guys. You know, because I loved our singer was one of my favorite singers, so I just wanted to go in the crowd and watch him. You know, from the soundboard or something. Yeah. And so they said, "Why don't you play a song with us?" And I got up and I, and I was like, "All right, I'll play Blind." You know, and uh, so I went up and played our song Blind. That song that was that was it. That was the the that night right there, and the singer broke down in tears. All these people got emotional because they just knew how much of a unit we were. And uh, then online it spread around. My dad saw the next day. He was crying. All these people were crying. And I'm just like, and uh, I just, I don't know. I was like, what does all this mean? But I didn't want to go back to the world, right? That was my thing. Yeah. And so I, I just, one day I got a call from the, from the, uh, the guitar player, Monkey, and he's, that's his nickname, obviously, and he said, uh, <laughs> he said, we're doing a, yeah, we're doing a new record, and I just want to say, if you want to come jam with us, or write with us, or the door's open, you know, I was like, God, oh, thanks, man, but I'm doing my own thing, and just, I don't know, I like, I like to walk in the struggle with God, you know, but he was, and then he started poking, poking at my heart, and so I was like, Lord, you know, I just don't, I didn't, I didn't see it, you know, and so, I said, Lord, okay, I'm going to pick these three people, and uh, I'm going to talk to them, and just give me counsel or whatever. He, long story short, he showed me, like, go back. It's time to go back. And, uh, and, and I went back, you know, and it's been five years. Five years. Crazy. So, so going back, now, you didn't get any backlash at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> then the world liked me again. And the Christians didn't like me. Not all of them, but I got like, how can you go back to that? There's, there's some F-bombs from the stage. That's as bad as it gets. There's no groupies. There's no, and then most, most of the songs are about pain, you know. It's like about just letting your pain out. And so, but the F-bombs scare people, some people sometimes. And it's like, man, Jesus was perfect. Perfect. He was with God. He was God. And he comes down being born of a human being. Just the same way we are. I mean, talk about true humility, right? 
And so who am I to say I can't go, you know, and be with these people that are just like I was? What a perfect place to be to, to share share my life change, right? It makes so much sense to the spiritual mind, but the religious mind will cloud that up. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually reading this morning, going back to Luke 15, where it talks about, you know, leaving the 99 and going for the one. That's what, that's what I see you doing, man. And then also seeing the videos of you guys going in line and praying for people. Man, that's just huge. So my, my next question is, is, so what is it like being in that environment where being a Christian is the minority? How is there struggles with that, or how is it to be that light? You know, Jesus said, like, you know, visit those in prison because as you, as you, as you go and visit them, you're visiting me. If you bring a cup of water to them, you're doing it for me. Who, what are all those people? Where are they at? They're in prison. And I'm going. And you know what? He looks at them so, like, he calls humanity one with him, you know? And it's like when we come to him, we're one, actually. But, but he says to all these people that you're doing it for me. You're doing it for me. And so I look at it like that. And, um. And, uh, man, it's just, it's so crazy when he un unlocks his unconditional love for humanity, you know? And it's, I, I just look at him like my brothers and sisters, you know? And, and I don't, sometimes, I, 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 like, I'm always ministering. I'm always doing something out there because if I have the platform, I'm going to use it. And it's uncomfortable, yes. sometimes, it's uncomfortable sometimes, you know? Sometimes, sometimes I get rejected and, and, uh, or whatnot, but, you know, I'm, I want to be faithful, with the with the little things, so it can make me more faithful with much. And and the thing is that um, that you know they they just don't know because it's the religion that people don't want. It's the religion that that so many of us have, have, have you know I'm guilty of it too. We just have to show them the love. And so I just go and love them, man. That's it. And, yeah. Some dramatic things happen, and sometimes they just look at me like. I thought this I thought this after party was gonna be like some beer chicks, man. You know? But always there's seeds planted at the very least. Amen. Amen. I love the dramatic things though, man. We had this one meet and greet and this guy was he was he was one of those guys like, oh man, Jesus talk. And uh, he was like, Where let's go to the strip club, man? He's like, oh, Next thing you know, my friend was there, and he had a healing gift. And, uh, and this guy got healed, and, he, and the drunk guy goes, Hey, I broke my back at your concert, man, 10 years ago. I want to get healed. And, and he had the first guy, my friend, like, he had the first guy put his hands on this drunk guy. And he said, Repeat after me, I'm going to show you that Jesus heals and not me, my friend. And he did it, and that dude got healed and started crying right there. And he gave his life to Jesus right there. I love when those things happen. So to bring this kind of to a head, though pun intended. Man, what would you say to anybody in this room, everybody in this room, anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know anything about Jesus? What would you say to them? Um, I would just say that uh, when I... Like I said, I had everything this world had to offer. I lived for pleasure in the flesh. And when I came to him, the answer of life was given to me. And I'm telling you, it is real. It is, if you humble yourself and just what you think, how you're judging this and what it looks like, if you could just just walk past that, man. God brought you here for a reason. Um, you, you will come alive in a way that you never dreamed of. 
is it's the most intense thing and i've been doing this 14 years if there's for one instant i i it wasn't real to me you know what i mean if this wasn't real i would not be here i would not be doing this it's so real and i found you will find something worth dying for for once you know and if you're partying and doing all that stuff you're you're choosing that to die for because it's killing you you know Jesus, you come to him, he gives you life, but and it's a sweet death. You lay your life down and he gives you his and you become a new person, man. It's just open up. He's good, isn't he? <laughs> so good. Even the bad days are good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna close right now. But as he was talking about Jesus is He's changed you, he's changed me, he's changed several people in this room. And if you don't know him, I'm serious, if you don't know him, you don't know anything about him, I want to invite you this morning. We're going to have a prayer team up here to pray with you, to walk you through it, to help you. Because you know what? We want to see freedom and whatever whatever's going on that you feel bound to. Just let it go, because Jesus can do that. He's done it in my brother here. He's done it in me. He can do that. So you want to close this out in prayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do that, man. Lord, um, it's just amazing that, you know, we have this idea of you, and, um, and you're so much better than any of our ideas. And it says, no eye has seen in your word, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for us. Lord, but the magical scripture after that is, but you have revealed it to us by your spirit. So Lord, we ask for your spirit to come and rest, Holy Spirit, right now, come and rest on, the, on everybody here, even the biggest doubters, Lord. And some of the believers that, you know, come here and they feel like they're doing the good thing to visit God on Sunday, Lord, come on them and show them that you are everywhere. You're in their house. You're in their car. You want a relationship to walk daily with them, Lord. And I ask you for the grace, Lord. It's all done by your grace. We can't do it without you. So I, and I pray for a, a, a touch of boldness right now, Lord. That people look at their life and they say, no more. It changes now, Lord. And they don't care what it looks like. They don't, they, and they, they leave their, their fears of what people will think behind right now, Lord. No more, Lord. This, 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 this life changes now. And that's it. So I thank you, Jesus, for everybody here. And just let your angels do their work, Lord, because your angels are real here. The, the, the unseen realm, Lord, is here, and it's more real than anything we see. Thank you, Lord. So if our prayer team would come forward, we're here to pray for you. We're here to show you that Jesus is the real deal. So as we dismiss... Just give it over to him if you're struggling. I don't care what you're going through at this moment right now. Wherever it may be, you can just let it go. You can just let it go. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for Brian, God. We thank you for what you're doing this morning. God, we give you the praise. And Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 We worship you.